shot from Will Sharif off the other side of the crossbar. Nice little chip. Oh, Mr. Oliveira with a cheeky goal. Hey everybody, welcome to the 423 Soccer Pod. This is Jim. You can find me on Twitter at Chattagooner. And this is Todd. You can find me at Great Footballer on Twitter. So this week on the podcast, we're going to kind of talk about the the Michigan Stars match, kind of put a bow on that after we've slept. I've uh, done had a chance to watch the match a couple times and do some statistics, and you can look those up on uh, Twitter if you want, and you can wonder what is wrong with me uh, when you when you see them. Um, we're going to talk with – we had an opportunity to have a really, really good conversation with Eric Housley. He is a majority owner of Napa Valley 1839 FC. That is the next opponent that CFC has in the Members' Cup. Uh, make sure you got a tissue. This one's, a, this one's a, a powerful interview. We talk about soccer. We talk about community. We talk about the, uh, the pa- using the power of soccer to affect social change a little bit. Uh, and it's just a really good interview, and I hope that uh, you guys enjoy it as much as we did. And then finally, we'll talk a little bit about the supporter owner. We're going to reach out. Um, I believe, I don't, as of as of recording, it has not been announced yet, and I believe the the plan is for that to go out maybe tomorrow from the club. And so we're going to try to get in touch with that person and talk with them. So be on the lookout. Just watch your feed. Um, there may be a kind of a special episode. Uh, of that later on this week. And so that's kind of what we have on the schedule for tonight. And uh, again, re- just a reminder, you can find this podcast on most places where you find really good podcasts. We'll be there too. You can find us on Twitter at 423SoccerPod. We do have an opportunity now to to support the podcast if you're interested. And we do have uh, six people. At, we gave them shout outs on Twitter. So again, we really want to uh, voice our appreciation for, for those who, who have thought enough of us to give a little bit of their money. Um, and so we really appreciate that. You can go on the podcast at anchor.fm slash the 423 soccer pod and uh, you can find us there you can find all the episodes and if you are interested you can support the podcast so uh so i guess first todd what we want to talk about is you know kind of final thoughts about the uh michigan stars match if you listen to the post-match rant uh, you heard <laughs> you heard thirty minutes of sad trombone. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, I, I, when I, you know, Todd, when I, I think I texted you, or um, you know, I got home and I was like, I'm gonna need to listen to this because I really feel like I was depressing in the in the epi- in that episode. So I went and listened. I don't think I was depressing, but as one of our as one of our lovely podcast listeners told us, there were feelings in the episode. There, there were feelings. We fought them. Fe- you know, it's like I said on the, uh, you know, we were recording it. Like we're fans too, right? Yeah. So like it's, we, we're not going to hide our disappointment because that's kind of the perspective which this podcast like comes about. Yes, we try to do some semblance of analysis, but, but too, like when we're fans, right? So we, we were elated when we win and we're deflated when we lose. So yeah. And then, you know, MPSL puts out the table just to, just to rub salt in the wound. I guess the cliche is, you know, the table doesn't lie, right? But yeah, I still, I still feel like we, we are not, we haven't shown the, we haven't shown the type of team that we really are. So. 
Yeah, I wasn't sure if we should put that podcast out, but uh, Jim assured me after a couple of painkillers, it was perfectly fine. <laughs> so I'm not sure if we should have like published it with a disclaimer that you know you should probably take some painkillers before you listen to this. It makes it more palatable. But uh, but anyway, uh, thank thanks for listening. So yeah, let's let's just talk about this. Let's get it behind us and, and move on. Uh, I kind of broke my analysis down uh, by. Uh, defense, midfield, uh, and, and the forwards. And so let's just start out with, with the back line. I thought uh, after I was able to separate myself from the actual game, I thought that they looked pretty solid on the whole. Michigan didn't do a whole lot. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of clear-cut chances that they had. Still looked a little uncomfortable on the break, I thought. And um, and that that diagonal ball over the top still seems to be kind of a, a, a danger ball when when it's played, and it just kind of made us look a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, when I went back and watched it, I really thought the back four had a pretty good match outside of that weird kind of scramble where I think we lost, you know, we we kind of lost the shape in the back, and we left we left a guy open at the top of the 18 and then we didn't cover a run that you know because when you look when I looked at the the overall stats when I re-looked at the match the I mean Michigan had a total of two shots on target for the game I may and, have given them credit for like <laughs> another I don't know and those both of those shots on target were was that was that little melee it was the initial shot and then the goal outside of that I mean they only had five shots total. And, and, you know, and when I went back and looked and looked and watched and, and kind of did some possession and passing stats, I mean, they had, they only, they only completed and for the entire match, they only completed 25 passes in our defensive third for the entire match. And that start, that defensive third starts 40 yards out from goal. So they weren't even, I mean, they just, they just didn't offer a whole lot. And it was about seventy thirty on possession anyway. Yeah, overall, right? was seventy three twenty seven. All right, so so our eyes did not deceive us the other night. It was a total yeah. like lopsided. Field. There was only one period of the game, and that's right after halftime. the The first fifteen minutes after halftime, the possession stats dropped down to sixty seven thirty three. Outside of that, we had we had well over seventy percent of the ball for the for the rest of the match, and and really you know and, and I. You know, I think we said we looked we looked disjointed. We looked a little yeah. like pass. Our passing stats look, I mean, really phenomenal for the. I mean, we pat well. We I think we dipped a little bit in the second half, but in the first half we completed uh, 80, 83% of the passes that we attempted. Yeah, and so for you folks that are like where, where are you guys getting this from? Like Jim crunched some incredible statistics. Um, I'm not sure how many painkillers that took. <laughs> But he said it was a lot of pausing, what rewatching the game. So he's crunched these statistics. Give those a look, especially if you're into that. I mean, it really just does it paint an accurate picture, but also it paints an accurate picture of the overall frustration, right? Yes. Because when you look at these statistics, like that should we know it's not 100 percent accurate, right? Where you know 80 80 percent possession is always going to equal a win. That that's just not how it works. It increases your likelihood of having a win, but that doesn't necessarily you know put a W in the column for you. So I think it just kind of highlights the frustration that we're kind of all experiencing and having uh, <clears throat> all this possession but not having uh, balls go in the back of the net. And uh, so that's not to say we didn't pepper the goal. We hit two posts within probably 10 seconds of each other, and then we added a crossbar. But, you know, we don't get, we don't get 
any points for that. So Yeah, we had 16 shots total, 16 to their five, uh, six on target to their two. Yeah, I mean, it was it's just frustrating. And that times free press is why you can't trust my in-game <laughs> statistics. I tried to tell you this. Oh. Uh, uh, so bumping up to the midfield, uh, I thought their effort was there all night. The defense, uh, you know, they did, they did good. In our defensive posture, like, we looked good. I mean, we never gave them the ball, basically, and we were quick to win it back. But it did still seem like, and maybe it was just because it was that important ball that was glaring, right? So it wasn't that midfielder to midfielder ball. It was that midfielder to midfielder to through ball, you know, to put you one-on-one on the keeper that was missing. Mm-hmm. And so going back to uh, we didn't look com- – I, I just wasn't a big fan of of the block or the box or what, whatever we're calling it uh, at midfield. I, I just wasn't a fan for, of that. I didn't think we just looked comfortable in it. Yeah, I, and I don't know if that's because we're used to so used in that that diamonds in grain, but just and or maybe it was just my eyes. Maybe I wasn't comfortable watching it. Yeah, it 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 did. I don't think we looked very comfortable. And and, and you know, I um when I I tweeted out that I was really frustrated about formations, and Matt Coniglio kind of reached out and said, you know, we did we did change we did change formation. And went and looked, and um, you know, after that first, after that first weather break, and we did. I mean, we did not use that four four two really again until maybe late in the match, and really kind of moved Costa up out wide and had three kind of had three people up top. It really didn't still, it still really didn't generate anything. But at least that you know that kind of made me feel like well, others others were seeing what I was seeing. That first ten minutes was was really rough. And I think I even stopped. I stopped the match at some point, or I stopped the match at the, after those, those ten minutes, just to look at what the kind of the statistics looked like uh, at that point, um, because I because I it just really felt bad. And those first ten minutes were, I mean, just were really sloppy. It showed in our inability to do much in in our attacking third. It showed in their ability to have to have a little more possession in our in our defensive third, at least for those first six or seven minutes until they scored the goal. I mean, it was just it was just frustrating. It was just really frustrating. Uh, and I guess moving up to the forwards, um, you know, early we we had we had some chances, uh, but it was it was just one of those things where it was those just inability to put the ball in the back of the net. I mean, and yeah, on on another day maybe we don't hit a crossbar in two posts, but right now it just looks like we're just we just don't have the confidence. Our our, our the guys up top just don't have the confidence uh, to be, and the ball's not going in. Yeah, and uh, it's it's and it's kind of taking shots that are not advised and not pulling the trigger when you think they should be, and then there was some other stuff like I, I'm not when we were running three up top, I wasn't sure how effective that Zeka was going to be in, in that position, uh, and I don't know because he he's he's good in the air, but physical size and being the target striker, I'm not sure if that's like his real strong right. point. And when I think we went to the three. Really, Webb kind of disappeared. Yeah, he did. And mm-hmm. and so I, you know, I, I don't know. It just, it just didn't seem right. It's just there was something just seemed really off about the about the team's performance that night. And I'm know, just going to so dismiss I, I the know. I'm just going to dismiss the rain because both teams have to play in it, and it, it is what it is. So I mean, yeah. we're we're left to dissect. Uh, but the rest you know, of again, it. when you look when I look at when I look at the the passing statistics, the rain didn't really, I mean, you know, we're, we were, we were completing passes in the mid eighties in the mid 80%. That's pretty, that's pretty darn good. So, you know, it did get a little sloppy when it, when I guess when the rain, 
when that really torrential rain came down, yeah. it was a little sloppy. But yeah, you're right. Both teams have to play in it, and so aside from confidence, do you think we're suffering with a identity crisis at the moment? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I guess over the years we've been accustomed to a certain style of uh, of play from CFC, and and I know the the statistics. I mean, they they bear out that we we had the possession, but there's a certain I guess. Uh, clean style that we play with it most of the time the passes are crisp the ball moves quickly and it just seems like it that's not happening i'm seeing a lot of balls bouncing i'm seeing a lot of balls getting knocked up in the air i'm seeing us getting uh and and i'm seeing teams kind of get a little more physical with us and kind of knocking us off the ball a little bit and like those passes just aren't as crisp and i feel like the ball's not not moving as quickly well it's definitely not moving as quickly in the in, like the point in, of attack in our is not attacking moving. in our attacking third and in the more in the and in the part of the middle the part of the midfield that's closest to the attacking third it's not happening i mean it, it's it's just not i mean the 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 passes there um the you know the one thing that th- this you know these numbers don't show you is the nature of the pass is it a wall pass was it a pass to back was it was it two players you know peppering it back and forth between each other Things got really dicey whenever we tried to get into the attacking third, and the the passes were were not as probing. Um, I can only think of two or three really pa- you know, passes that really cut them, you know, kind of cut through and split their lines, you know. And I, a lot of them were 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 short wall passes, back passes. There were not a lot of of probing um, that were completed. So if you look at those types of passes, our, our our passing numbers would be really that would be really poor. I guess I'm just thinking about in past years when we've had uh, we've we've cha- completely changed the the point of attack with you know a big switch of the field yeah. and things of that and, and really unsettled the defense and we've been able to that's been a mechanism which we've been able to use to attack and I haven't seen that this year mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's a personnel or a formation change I just know I haven't been seeing it yeah so. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of cycling. You know, the 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 ball goes back to the center backs. They kind of wheel it around, maybe goes, and then they'll put it playing into a midfielder, normally one, and then it just gets cycled back. And there's not a lot of there's not a lot of uh, uh, of really kind of risk taking that I see beyond that. That gets rewarded. I mean, it's just uh, it's it's not been that great inside the inside of the especially inside the the opponent's eighteen. I mean, it's one thing to look at. The attacking third—that's still thirty yards away from goal, so or forty right. yards away from goal. So uh, injury concerns, uh, guys that, that we know weren't dressed out the other night. Uh, we were still down a goalkeeper, yeah. so still living life on the on the edge with uh, D'Amico and Gold Torje. I don't know his uh, when he is going to be back. Walsh was out. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a uh, he's tweaked a hip. Lima, I assume he is still nursing hamstring. a hamstring. Valenciano, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure his status. I know he was was injured though. And then uh, Juan Lely's still out. He and he's been out for quite a while now, yeah. uh, to my knowledge. So I'm I'm not sure of of any of the time frames on 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 return. So uh, Coach Fuller's got some. He's he's definitely got some stuff uh, to work on going into Napa Valley. So uh, I'm sure. By the way, uh, Coach, if you're listening, you might want to take a look at Jim's stats. Great statistician uh, in his off time when he's uh, yeah uh, has nothing to do. But I've got nothing to do, yeah. just sitting on the couch because I'm recoup- recouping. But yeah, it was it was fun to do. I don't know if I, I, I we really we really needed intern. 
We really need oh, okay. You know, one of us works at a uh, uh, an institution of higher learning <laughs> and probably has access yeah, to I someone need, like yeah, an intern. I need to find – so right now, you know, when I go back to work, Todd, I have two – I have homework. I need to find an intern and I need to find – we need to find a producer. We need to find some kid who wants to gain access in the world of, of podcasting who wants to be our I producer. I mean, the experience they could gain from this, I mean – Oh, it's immense. I mean, Tim, Tim, he has a, Tim has a producer over at the You're Smarter Than Us podcast and – and, you know, the guys at Section 109, I mean, there are three of them out there doing stuff. So, I mean, you know, we, you know, we just, we need, so if anybody out there wants to, wants to produce the show, you know, just hit us up on the DMs and um, we'll give you a sticker. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give you a sticker. <laughs> we got new great. stickers. They're really, they're really nice. We're going to give you sticker and what we like to call experience. Exper- yes. A lot of experience. All right. Anything so, else you got on this? Man? No, the only, the only, you know, again, I hate to say this because we're going to go into this interview and you guys are, I think you're going to really love what you hear from the, uh, from the owner from Napa. And, and I feel, you know, I feel like a heel kind of saying this, but I'm kind of glad we're playing Napa. I mean, they, they have lost their two matches that they've played. They lost to Milwaukee two nil, and they lost to Detroit four nil. And you know, I didn't watch the match. It was four nil at the twenty first minute, and so I don't know if if Detroit just kind of put it in neutral after that, or or they or, fi- or it could be some could be uh, Napa figured that something out. You yeah, know? They fig- yeah, or they just they said we're going to be two banks of four and and, park the bus. and just park it, uh, yeah. park the park the wine bus, um, but <laughs> but. I, you know, I, so I, I'm I am optimistic that I think we're going to get our first three points uh, on the road. So outside of you know, we'll put it's been it's been 24 hours. The the the, the stars match is over. I've watched it multiple times. I've counted 400 passes or however many passes there were. I'm I'm done with it. I've, I've kind of gotten it out of my system. I'm frustrated by the result. I'm frustrated by the performance. Um, and, and that's a little different than the first two matches where I was frustrated by the result, but I was pleased on the, on the large part by how we played this time. I, just, I, I was not really happy with the way we played and, and certainly wasn't, was frustrated with the performance. So, all right. So that's it for that match. All right, coming up next on the 423 Soccer Pod, we're going to be bringing on Eric Housley, who is the majority owner for Napa Valley 1839. He was kind enough to take some time out of his uh, busy schedule and uh, talk to us about his club, uh, what they're doing, where he came from. And uh, it really is just a uh, a great interview. We, we thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and you'll see this is a cross-section of of soccer and life and uh, and just so it, it's a just listen to it and uh, we'll see you on the other side and welcome to the 423 soccer podcast uh, today we have a special guest uh, we have one of the majority owners from Napa Valley 1839 uh, Mr. Eric Housley how's it going out there I'm pretty good how are you we're doing great. Uh, just want to um, talk about your club some. Should I, should I, I apologize for interrupting. Should I disclose now that I'm a minority owner in Chattanooga as well? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. I, I bought my shares. I'm missing my jersey, but I bought my shares. Well, yeah, and you should be getting your stock certificate in the mail like uh, soon. Uh, they, they put together something like uh, 25% of them the other day and uh, handed them out and got them ready for the local disbursement. And then I guess they still got all the one the out-of-towners to go. And uh, we talked to David, who does our merch, and he's kind of uh, – I think he's I think he's got uh, his work cut out for him, it sounds like. so. <laughs> I'm sure. 
So uh, let's talk. Let's talk about your club. Let's talk about you. Um, did you grow up playing soccer? I did. I was actually uh, the only Caucasian boy in my elementary school back in the town of Yonville, and I grew up around soccer. It was my favorite sport, but didn't really have a whole lot of opportunities to progress in it. And then found myself. I studied abroad in college. I went to Pepperdine University and uh, studied abroad in Florence. And when I was there, I went to a game of Fiorentina with Batistuta and just loved the environment and had so much fun and then came home and then you know got got really into watching it and following the game so two things on that uh, i can totally uh, sympathize with growing up being the only caucasian kid in a league uh, I, I totally get that and another strange connection is we have a uh, we have a guy who is uh, in our chat of hooligans and does a podcast of his own andrew breezy he's in with the section 109 we have two podcasts but he he also is a is a lover Fiorentina and uh, so I just find that interesting because uh, it's definitely not the biggest club in Italy to follow well yeah exactly and at the, at the time Fiorentina was huge and uh, what is one of the top probably three in the country and Gabriel Battistuta was the, the one who followed Maradona with the crazy you know just goals everywhere and and things of the oh, sort. Yeah, the so it was famous. very fun to be in the environment. Ironically, you say Andrew Breezy, our inaugural game in 2017, the night before our game, I uh, I was at the USA versus Honduras game and at the uh, at Levi's or at, um, at Avaya Stadium. And when I I was there, one of our other owners said, "Hey, text the American Outlaws and see who wants to come to Napa Valley for our inaugural game." And Andrew was in our stands with six. I believe six other Chattahooligans or others that were American outlaws that came. Another couple from Chattanooga as well that I know that I know of, Jeff Dickerson, who's also one of our founders. And uh, they sat in the stands. They were hilarious, and they just razzed the right fullback for the other team the whole time. It was it was a lot of fun. So I met Andrew here in Napa that night. We had had dinner together, had a glass of wine after. And uh, a great asset to the Chattanooga fan base, I'm sure. Yeah, so I guess I guess you two uh, nerded out Fiorentina for a while. <laughs> Not too much that night. I didn't know, but now I will next time. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, Buddy Suda was a was a great goal scorer. I, I remember him uh, in my early uh, early days growing up, and as uh, somebody, I was like, wow, that guy's incredible. So. So, did you play a collegiate soccer? Um, I did not. Pepperdine does not have a men's team. Uh, they have a club team. My roommate was from Guatemala, and he was the captain of the team. But I was I was on the television station and doing other stuff, so I did not uh, I did not play after high school. I just kind of fell in love with it and uh, and went from there. But then right. then I got really hooked on it. Uh, my old coach from here in Napa was an Englishman, and my wife uh, my wife reached out to him and said, you know, Eric's watching a lot of games now. Uh, who's your team? I want you to get him a jersey. And so I got my first jersey in '97 uh, of Chelsea. So I've been I've been blue blood ever since. Sorry to say for those who don't like Chelsea. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Jim's uh, Jim's Twitter name is Chattagooner. If that gives you any idea to his allegiances. Uh, oh yeah, well he if anybody deserves sympathy, it's a it's an Arsenal fan for the last 14 years. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you know you. what? Since we've started doing this podcast, he's taking a lot of guff about being an Arsenal fan. <laughs> well, rightfully so. Hey, hey, hey. I think it'd be good if they brought uh, Arsene Wenger back. I'm just happy that you've got David Luiz now. Yeah, you can have him back. Really. Not the first person to echo that sentiment either. Yeah, you know, a couple of other Arsenal fans who in, in Chattanooga and I were lamenting that, that move. I, I, I've never really been a Luiz fan, and 
I'm really still not, but uh, he's on my team. So uh, you know, as long as during those 90 minutes, I guess I want him to play well. So yeah, exactly. So, so I guess transition us from uh, your playing days uh, to now, and and I guess kind of how how uh, Napa Valley 1839 kind of came to fruition. So uh, I run the local youth club here, and we originally my intent was, well, why not provide a pathway? I feel that. In America, we've underserved our youth in terms of everything's pay to play. Very difficult for people to get into a system if they're halfway decent. We've had a lot of players that were very good and only got to a certain point and then never quite got out. So I threw out the idea of why don't we start an NPSL team? Because our neighboring club here in the NPSL is uh, Sonoma Soul, who's a past national champion. And um, we're familiar with them. Yeah, yeah. So I reached out to Sonoma or, and kind of said, Hey, what do you what do you think? Is this something? And we're pretty, you know, we're, we're 45 minutes away, if not an hour, but we reached out and there was interest to have kind of a little wine cup rivalry going on. And so we came into the mix with the intent of being Napa United, which is the youth club here. And then we ended up, when we went to the first annual ownership meeting, Michael Hitchcock ran into our general manager at the time and uh, Greg and said that he'd be interested in coming in as a part owner with us. So he came in and immediately we said, we're not affiliating with the local club. We're going to, we're going to build this. And so I, that's when I started to really learn about Chattanooga and became kind of a fan from afar of just what you guys do, how you do it, how you run it as a, you know, as an event. And that's kind of what we in Napa try to do is it's this family fun and entertainment that's soccer centric. And that's what we're trying to do with our kids zone and our beer and wine garden and and make it a whole experience rather than just about the football. And so that's that's how it all began. So that was uh, December of 2016, and um, and then we hit the hit the field three months later, which was a bit of a whirlwind. Um, but it's been an exciting journey so far. So it sounds like you guys are are really um, kind of hitting checking all the boxes off the field. Uh, how's how's the on field performance been for you guys and and like fielding a team and. And uh, the challenges of, you know, a shortened season and where your players are coming from, that sort of thing. Well, let's just stick to the off the field stuff if we're going to talk about successes for us. Um, <laughs> um, the on the field has been very difficult. And, uh, you know, I don't know in Chattanooga, I'm not familiar with the area of how many NPSL teams, uh, but the Golden Gate Car- Conference is arguably one of the most difficult. And where we're at, like, let's put it this way. Uh, we have uh, nine teams in a two and a half hour radius. So that you know, our our furthest uh, opponent is two and a half hours, and there's nine teams in our league. So that tells you that the level of player either is diluted because there's so many teams to play for, or or we just you know, or we just shouldn't have uh, this many teams in the league, or or something of the sort. So our intent to go into the Founders Cup now morphed into the Members' Cup was more to see what kind of talent pool was out there moving through. But in terms of our first two games, we've come out with two losses. It's been difficult. Uh, our our keeper, who was, who was outstanding for us last year, has been injured. And then our backup keeper, three days before our first game in Milwaukee, rolled his ankle training on his own. And so we then had to all of a sudden sign another keeper. And, you know, it's, a lot of it's just chemistry. It's not that the keepers are bad, but you just, you know, if you don't know how your team is playing, uh, we've had a different starting 11 every game for the last entire season. So the shortened period is very difficult. The ability of commitment with unpaid players is extremely difficult. And, uh, you know, uh, now with Oakland Roots launching here in the area and actually coming out and doing a good job in their promotion, 
uh, they're signing players and they're signing contracts that say that they're professional players. So, you know, right. egotistically, like, why wouldn't a 24-year-old decent soccer player sign for somebody that says, I'm a professional soccer player, rather than play somewhere where maybe awesome, but but they're not getting paid, you know? Well, we, okay, so so we we veered down this this road a little bit, um, and you were you were just kind of talking about uh, Oakland Roots coming, you know, you know, joining NISA and that sort of thing. Uh, what are, I guess what are some of the aspirations of Napa Valley? Where do you guys see yourselves in in five to ten years? You know, uh, very forthcoming. I'm uh, I'm watching very closely of how Chattanooga has taken their lead um, and what you guys have done, the successes of the organization to me are something that I am t- trying to replicate out here in California. Um, I think that they've done an outstanding job. Um, Tim is a friend of mine uh, and has been very available just to kind of let me pick his brain off and on, which is very helpful. It, it's easy to sit back and say we'd love to be Division Three down the road, um, but, you know, with the POS-type situations, um you know, I'm a 40% owner as well as um, another another uh, primary owner, Josh, uh, that we've been in this from the beginning. And, you know, we don't hit that PLS uh, level for 35% at, uh, at this point. And it's not that it's not a question or that it can't be handled uh, because we have access to others. And, you know, Napa Valley has a lot of people with money that, that love entertainment and such. Um, but we want to make sure that any partnerships we bring on going forward are are definitely ones that make sense for us long-term. Um, and I think a lot of that will determine on if we choose USL or NISA uh, going forward. Um, NPSL talking about a year-round product, you know, that we're definitely very interested in, if, if nothing else, just in our current state. So I'd say you're looking at the next two years, almost definitely, but definitely the next year. So 2020, we'll remain in the NPSL and hopefully in, in an extended season in that. And then, you know, we'll look at it from that matter of now what? And, you know, we believe soccer growth in America is is uh, happening. And so we want to be definitely in the front of the wave, not behind it. So we're just trying to figure out some of those details. Yeah, I mean, I definitely subscribe to the theory of just because you can doesn't mean you necessarily should in terms of, you know, meeting the PLS standard and that sort of thing. I, I think uh, definitely calculated steps when you're trying to grow something uh, organically like that. So if you had to have a club philosophy, and I noticed you said you're picking between, say, uh, NISA and USL, uh, does that more have to do with the barriers to entry, or is it more uh, something one philosophically speaks to you more than the other? Uh, You know, very uh, truthfully, I don't know. I I don't think we could really make that decision at this point. I don't know all the details of both organizations. Um, NISA has a lot to prove before they're completely considered viable at this point. They're still early on. Um, and you know, there's teams in that, that haven't even kicked a ball yet. And there's no saying whether they will kick a ball. I mean, let's put it this way. Are, are you, su- are you suggesting their social media presence doesn't, uh, just <laughs> exude professionalism at this point? I mean, I think that's all the cred they need. I don't, <laughs> I'm I'm not suggesting anything with that. It's just after seeing <laughs> after seeing the how the Founders Cup uh, formed and deformed very quickly, um, and a lot of it was based on parameters that were completely uh, there was nothing we could do about them. Based, I mean, a lot of it it was based on insurance issues, 
Um, and, and rightfully so, we all have to pr- protect our assets, right? Um, so I think yeah. ultimately, uh, I hope that it works out for NISA. I really, I've, I've spoken to ownership of NISA, um, and, uh, and definitely, you know, I am interested. I know we are interested, but again, uh, 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 you know, I'm interested in growing my organization. So if that happens through NPSL, uh, in the Founders Cup, which became Members Cup, if that becomes something bigger, um, if it's USL, I don't know those answers. We'd have a lot of homework to do prior. Um, I think both organizations are really doing a good job to help, again, grow the game in the, in the country. Um, but I, I, I would be very uh, remiss of me to even consider which one would make more sense at this point because I just don't, I don't know 15% of the information I'd want to know before actually making that decision. And then, and then we'd have to be ready financially and primed for that. So, uh, so switching kind of back to, to on the, the, on the pitch, um, you know, you talked about the, the first two matches um, and, you know, our first two matches really didn't go that great either. Uh, oh, good. Could you kind of talk a little bit, talk a little bit about uh, kind of your, the, the team's style of play and maybe some players to watch for. So uh, when our fans kind of tune in to, to the feed to watch the to watch the match, they you know they, they kind of know what they're looking at. Gosh, yes, we have uh, we have multiple players uh, for us. One of uh, one of which uh, was on the national NPSL national team of the year, um, or the NPSL eleven. Uh, Michael Muniz, he's a um, uh, center back. He's one of our more elder statesmen that's on the field. Um, that uh, the team really kind of builds around in the, in the defense. Uh, very, very calm player, uh, good leader. Um, we have two other center mids, uh, Osvaldo, uh, they call Ballon, who's number 18, and then Ona Power, who I believe is number 22, um, that, again, they've kind of taken the team lead roles. Um, nice guys, very passionate about the game, uh, passionate about the team. They're out in the community doing ticket giveaways. They're really really big on understanding what we are trying to do as an organization. Um, and yeah, style of play. Good question. It's, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen, I've seen a lot of soccer over the years and, and I think a lot of it depends on our biggest difficulty in this level without paying the players is we have a different starting 11 almost every single week, which has made it extremely hard mm. because it's really hard to build chemistry when you've got a different, you know, a different group out there. Um, I think coach is doing what he can, the players, and there's definitely commitment from players, but there's also, you know, we've had a couple of injuries already. Uh, our first game for Milwaukee, I think we had to make six roster changes the week of. Uh, so six starters that we thought were going with us to Milwaukee couldn't make the trip. Um, you know, and that's, it's difficult in this, in the members cup, because, you know, it's a commitment where, you know, you're not just, you're not just dropping everything and driving two hours on a Saturday afternoon and getting back late that night. I mean, this is, we leave Friday afternoon, uh, red eye to get there or even get there late Friday night, uh, all day Saturday game and then fly home Sunday. So they have to take time off of work or their families or whatever. Um, so that also, you know, it throws a, a bit of a wrench into the work in the overall planning, shall we say. Well, yeah, the, the, the trials and travails of, of lower division soccer in America, it's, uh, uh, it's it's amazing that when we talk to folks from around the country, and when I've talked to folks around the country uh, who work with these teams, it's amazing the the logistics and and what goes into 
really just, you know, a 90 minute match um, just to get the team there and to get, I mean, cause you're, you know, you're going to have to make that long trek out to New York uh, at some point in the fall. And that's, you know, that's a, no, is it next yeah. week? Um, so it's, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 uh, I really appreciate the, all the blood, sweat and tears that people like you are putting into the, into the game to, and hopefully to, uh, to help people see that that this this sport that we love can be successful on multiple tiers in the United States, um, I did enjoy kind of switching completely switching gears a little bit. I did enjoy the, I saw the article in Protagonist about um, kind of your uh, your design aesthetic, I guess, and the the, um, the 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 kit that you have, the green kit. Um, could you talk a little bit about kind of what? Uh, the philosophy you have behind your badge, or, or you know how you decided and determined kind of what what your um, marketing um, kind of uh, stance would be for the club. Unless you're going to put out an explainer on uh, social media, which seems to be all the rage as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When we so uh, a man named Chris Payne, he's from England originally, lives here in the Bay Area. Uh, he's an awesome uh, designer and just. Uh, branding person and Chris uh you know longtime football fan uh we spoke to him and told him that our original our idea was 1839 because we didn't want to be named after any of the high schools we were trying to differentiate and the thing was was that was the year Georgia planted roots and why Napa Valley is Napa Valley the number two tourist destination uh, in oh, California okay. So, um, and George Yaunt planted the grapes, the first grapevines here in 1839. So that's the established date, um, is why the 1839. So when we were originally going to affiliate with Napa United, the thought would be is we would be red and black, which is the club colors. And, uh, when Chris came back with his ideas, he goes, okay, here's my idea. It's 1839. You're talking about roots and planting roots. You're the wine industry. And every time I come to Napa Valley, everything is green. So I'm doing two shades of green, and I'm looking at it like not even close to what we were talking, but okay. And when he was off the phone, all of us said, love it, it's perfect, it couldn't, you know. And we made a couple little tweaks to the design. Um, on the lower sides of it, it kind of arcs up like a little kind of, uh, there's supposed to be either hills or vineyard rows. Um, and then the soccer ball mm-hmm. that's on it, the... the um, uh, emblazoned on it are actually Chardonnay leaves. They're not like soccer, you know, the panels. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, the, and then obviously the wine bottle on it. So that's been something for us. This year's kit that we just got recognized with is he had said when he designed the kit was when you look at the vineyard, you know, they've got all these different quadrilateral and, and, and angles that they're running vineyard rows through. So that's supposed to be like the rows of the vineyard and the different uh, angles and all that are that are such in design and um it's funny that we're on this call i just got off the phone with him last year we had a pink jersey uh for breast cancer and donated part of the money back to the v foundation um and this year mm-hmm. we've got a surprise jersey coming back out uh that we want to make a political statement that uh will be up for up for sale as well to go back to proceeds um and it'll be towards gun violence so um that's something that we're going to be doing here hopefully for the new york game when we when they come out here it is a gorgeous kit i'm sitting we're sitting here looking at it on the computer and it really is it's very well done oh thank you yeah he's he's awesome wait till you see the the gun violence one that comes out it's 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 going to be spectacular. He's, he's amazing. He designed, I believe the Denton Diablo. So he's very, uh, in tune with Hitch. 
Oh, yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. he, he did Alfreton in England. He's done a few others. He does different stuff, but this is kind of the fun part of his job that he uh, picks up some side work in doing uh, soccer logos. And uh, he's just, uh, it's worth every penny that you work on the guy because he just comes up with the coolest friggin' designs that you just love it. Well, I, I noticed you said uh, you were going to be doing, we, we've done, you know, fundraisers and stuff like that for different things here in Chattanooga. Um, I guess uh, since we got you on the phone, any particular reason uh, you selected uh, uh, gun violence as, uh, as your uh, political topic of the jersey? Yeah, so my daughter was one of the victims of the borderline shooting in Thousand Oaks this past November when 12 people were killed in November 7th. So she was a a freshman at Pepperdine University. And uh, so it kind of hits home for us here. Um, And then about five months before that, there was a uh, shooting at the Veterans Home of California, the largest veterans home in the United States here in in the town of Yonville. And so for us, it it hit Napa pretty hard. It hit us as a team. Uh, very hard, um, obviously, my family, uh, but we felt it was something that we wanted to do that's uh, hopefully a statement that we can send a message to, to Washington. Well, on behalf of the 423 Soccer Pod, uh, the CFC family in Greater Chattanooga, we definitely uh, send our condolences. Uh, did, did not know that, and uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, it definitely sounds like um, uh, sometimes... Uh, soccer and and real life cross paths and this seems like one of those uh one of those things and uh that thank you so much for sharing that with you with us and uh we i look forward to that that uh, jersey coming out i'm sure yeah, it's going to be spectacular yeah i uh i i spend a lot of time online looking for new new things to to buy in lower division soccer and so that that uh that jersey will definitely go on my list it's um it's a it's a it's a topic that's close to my heart too i'm from I grew up in Blacksburg, Virginia, um, Virginia Tech. My father was on campus during that shooting. Um, I lost, uh, you know, we lost a, one of our friend's daughters was a victim of that shooting. And um, we lost a, another one of my, uh, I guess, uh, classmates' fathers was was lost in that shooting as well. So wow. it's something that's close to close to me too and um, really sorry for your loss. And, and uh, thanks for doing that and, and you'll have a supporter. Uh, you'll have a supporter in me. Oh, thank you. We'll uh, we'll let you know when they when they launch. It, it should uh, it the design right now is we're just getting the details sorted out. Uh, but the design that we've come up with are, is is pretty awesome, and or the concept of it is is pretty awesome, and and uh, we're excited. We hope that we can get it out in time, and we'll definitely let you guys know. Then, if you would, you can you can put it out there. It's going to go back towards the proceeds of my daughter's foundation that we've started. Um, and then, but the the biggest thing is, is we want it to start, hopefully send a message. You know, the sad part is, is I, I'm already hearing people say like, when was Dayton and what, it, what happened there? I mean, this is what, three weeks ago? Um, yeah. It, it's crazy that we're, we're in a society that this has become this accepted. So hopefully, uh, back to where we were originally talking that, you know, this is why we, we do what we do. You know, life is short. We have to enjoy it. And, and we love this game. And I know you guys love this game. And I know uh, it's funny that you had reached out about doing a podcast because I I frequently bring up in my manager and owners meetings here. I'm like, okay, we got to do this house Chattanooga. What are they doing? How did they build it? What was their pace? Um, and we're trying to keep up with that kind of pace. We do have a smaller community um, than Napa, but it's just been funny of how many times Chattanooga has just come up from the beginning with the Dickerson uh, who were from Chattanooga with Andrew Breezy being the one to come in 
uh, Tim Kelly and I kind of hit it off, the Founders Cup, all these different things uh, that keep kind of pushing me back towards Chattanooga. I'm really disappointed to say mm-hmm. that I can't make the trip for November or uh, September, I think is it mm-hmm. the 13th that we play, um, or the 14th, right in there. I can't make the yeah, trip because we have an event here I'm supposed to supposed to be at, and my son has a soccer game, so I'm, I'm committed to wanting to be there. Um, uh, but definitely I was disappointed because I was like, oh, that'd be awesome to finally go, and Technically, I could walk in as an owner uh, of both teams, which, is, which would, would be <laughs> unique right. in the stadium. But uh, absolutely, yeah. so very excited. Well, um, all right, someone's going to ask you. So much for that one. <laughs> it just flew right <laughs> off the top of my head. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, you were talking about uh, a podcast and maybe starting a podcast. Uh, surely, you can find two guys or. Two, two, two ladies or whoever with limited soccer knowledge yeah. who are willing to blab, uh, <laughs> blab on two microphones. Uh, yeah, it's so, not that difficult, I yeah, would say. We do this podcast to encourage those to, so that they know that it doesn't take really much ability or skill or <laughs> no, talent. Mediocrity, it, mediocrity is our high bar. <laughs> so, yeah, we're... We're, we're aiming for that for that for that like middle fifty percent. I mean, that's, that's kind like of a, that's, what that's, I would assume men and blazers started out with, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, subpar, yeah I, entertainment or whatever they used to say. Yes, yes, suboptimal. I think that you said yes, yeah, suboptimal. Yeah, right. Yeah, that oh, is. We're we're redefining suboptimal yeah, over yeah. here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we're looking up at. I think we're looking up at suboptimal. Um, but uh, you know, I hope we get a chance to. To see you at some point, um, it's, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. And uh, as you said, you know it's it's amazing what what can be done through the lens of, of soccer, this the sport. And you know, um, you know, I, I talked to folks about the CFC being kind of a a metaphor for Chattanooga. That that you know, I think a lot of people go to those games. You know, some of them, uh, some folks are, are soccer fans, but everybody there is a Chattanooga fan, a fan of the community and a fan of of the city. And so. Um, to, you know, to hear people using this sport uh, in a way to bring people together and to, um, you know, to kind of uh, make a statement about who we are as people and, and who we are as a community and what we stand for is, is powerful. And, you know, I think, you know, seeing what's going on at the at the upper divisions of, of soccer in this country, it's it's, it's very good to hear owners and, and people in, engaged in, um, in, in kind of the, the business of soccer also being very engaged in, in the business of, of community and, and, and kind of who we want to be um, as a society. So um, kudos to you. Thanks for, thanks for um, kind of sharing that with us and uh, spending a little bit of time. Um, any, any kind of final things you'd like for, for folks in Chattanooga to know about Napa to know about you or the or the community that you're building out there, or if you'd like to plug your uh, your daughter's foundation. Sure, yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, so Elena's Voice dot org. It's A L A I N A S Voice dot org, and uh, you know she. Uh, we're not trying to immortalize our daughter. We're trying to help change, uh, create change, and uh, our our vision statement is be the positive change. Uh, the intent is to try to get uh, the support out into our communities that that people need. Um, and uh, our first grant that we put out there was for the local high schools to get more peer support hours because they have very little counseling hours on campus. Um, and so we're looking at uh, mental support, education, and music uh, because those are some passions of hers. 
Um, so that's uh, something for us that we're looking to do it. Uh, the big, the whole point, I was actually on a CBS newscast, a national cast after the November 7th shooting. I think it was like the 10th or 11th, somewhere in there. And um, I just said, look, if, if the intent of this foundation helps save one life, then it's done something good, you know. Um, and, you know, this is obviously something that's become exponential in our country. Um, so it's, it's a frustrating factor. We, um, we try to give back to the community. We do backpack giveaways and community events and things of the sort. And, and I think ultimately, um, I told the owner of Borderline when he asked me what he should do. And I said, you have to reopen. And I said, I may never come there because it, I don't know that I could walk through the doors. I said, but we can't show people who try to push us down that they win. And I think, you know, sadly enough, um, you know, sporting events, things of those sort down the road. Uh, we've heard of concerts in the UK and things. Uh, we can't stop going out and enjoying our lives and uh, and being a community and being together um, because we're afraid, uh, because that's not how we live our lives. So I'm very excited. And then, you know, I look at it as an owner in a lower division soccer level and think we could be afraid of spending the money or doing anything that it, this could fail. Um, but it, it'll make it so sweet when we actually get there, knowing that you guys went and launched and went public. Um, that's, that's just awesome. And I love what you've done. And, and we absolutely are wanting to do somewhat the same to build a community uh, around soccer here in Napa Valley and give people something to do just besides wine, you know? Well, that's great. I am, you know, again, thanks Eric for, for kind of, uh, for spending time with us. Uh, again, with this, um, you know, it's it was it's just it's cool for us to kind of give a, a window into the other clubs that that we're going to be participating. This, the, I think, the coolest thing about the F- Members Cup for me is giving us kind of exposure to teams that we just haven't played before um, in communities and and kind of soccer philosophies that we just don't come across. And I, you know, I I think. Um, uh, you know, I, I was I was excited to get to talk with you because I didn't really know much about Napa Valley, and and this this conversation has kind of gone you know way better than I could have I could have really hoped. So it's uh, it's a it was an honor to to kind of talk with you and hear your story, and uh, we hope good things for you outside of the ninety minutes on Saturday. So <laughs> well. I- Ditto. That's a very specific <laughs> ninety minutes. Yeah. We plus stop. You know, plus stoppage. Plus time. stoppage time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Ditto. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. If you guys shoot me your address, we're going to do a commemorative uh, bottle of wine, uh, and I think we have one extra. I can shoot one to you guys uh, out there as well. Uh, that'll have Napa Valley uh, with uh, Chattanooga on the label. It'll be. It'll be one of. Three in existence, so high value. Uh, you could you could auction it off for very very large amounts of money. Um, I'm just kidding, but it, or we just I, drink it, <laughs> or you can drink it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, or we can just be right here in the studio, aka uh, Jim's uh, kitchen nook. And, I think, uh, I think your suboptimal uh, subpar suboptimal radio <laughs> would improve possibly after, hey, listen. after a whole bottle of wine. Listen, I, I had surgery just like a little over a week ago, and I am currently, you know, on painkillers doing this. So, um, you know, a little, a little, another pill, a little bit of wine. Who knows how good this podcast is? I'd say Jim's be. performance is up 25% since he's been on the pain meds. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep him on it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> 
Uh, okay. And th- again, thanks for your time. And uh, we'll, we'll send that out to you. And uh, like I said, good luck uh, um, going forward in the Members' Cup outside of the 180-plus stoppage minutes that we will play. Uh, we'll spend time on the field together. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, uh, Eric. We yeah, appreciate thank- it, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right. Talk soon. Bye. And welcome back to the 423 Soccer Pod. And uh, once again, thank you to Eric Housley of Napa Valley 1839 for taking some time out to talk with us. Uh, I hope you guys were as moved as uh, we were about that. I'll be honest with you. Uh, we didn't really see that coming, and you might could hear it in our voice uh, when, when that happened. And uh, if you want to read more about uh, the charity he mentioned, it's called Elena's Voice, and it can be found at elenasvoice.org, and that's A-L-A-I-N-A-S-V-O-I-C-E.org. And I encourage you to go to the website and uh, uh, obviously uh, take everything in, consider a donation. Um, but uh, this is just one of those one of those times where, you know, what we – love to do and talk about uh, intersects uh, real life and reality. And, and sometimes uh, that it's a, it's a, it's a painful reminder that, you know, uh, we can be uh, sheltered sometimes and, and, can, and, you know, Chattanooga has a, has a special connection too with the same type of mass shootings that, that he described that Elena was involved in. And uh, we had our fallen five here, uh, which I think we just passed the four year anniversary. Isn't that right? Yeah. So um, it it sucks that we have to talk about this stuff sometimes, but it really does just highlight the magic of this sport and and how we can uh, come together for for a greater cause uh, and uh, doing something more in our communities. Yeah, it it really was great, Matt. You know, we didn't certainly didn't plan that, um, but I think it goes back. It points to what we have spent a lot of time talking to other people about you know, the combination of sport and community and, and the importance, you know, you know, at the end, at the end of it all, this is a game where guys go, they run around on a field and they kick a ball into a net. Right. Um, but CFC means, means more to that, more than that to this community. And it's clear that the work he's doing with, with his daughter's foundation and, and the work he's doing on the soccer pitch are related and using, Using the sport of soccer to build and connect a community and to show, I guess, the better side of humanity is is always going to get um, kudos for me. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a big Napa fan. You know, I think I, I think I have to say, you know, I, I really liked talking with him. Um, I really liked what they're about. You know, if you look at, if you want to get into the marketing aspect of it, I really like what they're doing. Their their merchandise and kits are gorgeous. Yeah, look at. Get, pull them up online and look at that kit. It's it's sharp. Yeah. If you're not a fan of green, you may not like it. But <laughs> I, I love green, uh, yeah. and uh, the the nuance in that uh, jersey is. is yeah, just go read really the awesome. go read the protagonist. There's a protagonist article uh, article on protagonistsoccer.com about their their kid and and what it's about. Um, you know, and he, again, he mentioned that they're going to be doing some special stuff with a new kit, and I'll be looking forward to that. And uh, again, it was just, it was just great. It's, it's, it was a good interview. It, you know, we, we reached out to him to find out more about the club and to find out more about, you know, kind of our next opponent. And I think we got, we found out a lot more about the people that are involved in this sport and uh, how special a lot of them are. So thanks Eric for coming on. And it was, it was, it was great to have you. And I hope we talk, I hope we talk again soon. 
All right, so moving forward, uh, let's let's touch base on uh, our next opponent, Napa Valley 1839. That is going to be uh, this upcoming Saturday. That's going to be 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so you're going to want to take a nap sometime Saturday before you start that stream. I'm sure that is a my Kuju stream. Is that correct? Do we know? Oh, I think is it that, is. Is that Kujuable? <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's. it's Can we start using it as a verb, like I got Kujude? My my okay, okay. I get, I just got my kujud, meaning yeah. that that you had all this hope for something and you had planned everything around it just to get crushed. Which I did talk to El Conductor at the game the other night, and he said the last two instances of where there's been problems, he said because we thought maybe we had been a little bit harsh. He said the definitely the last two were on my kujud and their server. He said some of the others though, like you know, when we go play away at Atlanta SC or you know somewhere like that, it, it's it's probably a combination of things. So we'll give him a chance. Uh, we'll give him a chance again, mostly because we don't have a choice, and uh, hopefully it goes better. Yeah. So we got two road two road matches back to back. Yeah. You know we play on the first at Napa, and then the team heads to Milwaukee to play the Torrent, um, and then we're back at Finley um, with Napa. I believe the so. correct pronunciation is Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Uh, that's, uh, that's what uh, that's what Wayne's World said. Is that what Wayne's yeah, World? Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm dating myself, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm not old <laughs> enough to know what Wayne's World is. So yeah. So next, we got two matches on the road, and then back. We won't be back into uh, at home until September 14th when we play Napa again. Uh, we'll we'll just gonna okay, and then we go to Michigan. So the next we've got. One, two, three, four matches until we have to go play the Cosmos. So I'm going to call this Project 12. As in 12 points? Yes. For, this is Project 12. We're going to see how close we get. We need 12 points. We really, really yeah. need. Oh, and a, and a correction. I, I mentioned the other night that something about a playoff. Uh, the playoff was that was old news back in uh, Founders Cup days oh, yeah. uh, before we lost like half the teams, and it was going to be divided into East Coast and West Coast. So uh, my bad. Um, hey, I wasn't. I wasn't going to say anything because I often don't know what the heck I'm talking about. But I just assumed it was just a just a one. It's kind of a well, one table. Yeah, it's definitely now. So. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, we it, need 12 points. So we need 12 points and yeah. I'll be honest with you, uh, probably need to come pretty close to running the table, but one game at a time. Yep. Look, we got to pick up that first win. We got to go out to Napa Valley. There's going to be a lot of travel. You know, it, there's, everything's going to be new, right? Yep. Everything's new, but you still got to go out there. You still got to, the tactics have got to be right. The mentality has got to be right. And, and I trust it's going to be, yep. uh, so they just got to go out there and perform. And I think if they do that, based on their performance going up to a similar opponent, Detroit City, which we've argued should have at least been a draw, we should be able to go out to Napa Valley and we should be able to get three points and be on a happy flight back with some bottles of wine. Yep. Uh, I don't really see any – number one, there's no alternative to that. Nope. I don't have an alternative narrative where <laughs> we we lose this game. It it needs to happen. Yeah, it needs to happen. This yeah, this is uh and I, and I think the guys know that. We said on the on the post match rant that we noticed there was some emotion on the field after the match was over. Yep. And I think a couple of the guys have come out on Twitter and and apologized and you know and, and they don't need to apologize. We know they're working hard. We know they're It's not a question of effort. Yeah, it's not a question of effort. It's not a question of talent, I don't believe. It's just a question of Making that get those fine margins really of just we have to make those plays and make and not make some of the the mental mistakes we have made 
uh, over the past couple of, of last matches. So you know, CFC as an organization are raising their level to professional level. This is, this is going to be bad because I guess that by default means we also need to raise our game to a fair. No, no? there's okay. no reason for yeah. Okay. We're, we're, so we're, 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 we are we're, separate. Yeah, so this doesn't separate. pertain to us. No. But anyway, the players have also, we, we've got to uh, elevate their game. Uh, and we're seeing because really what we've played up in Michigan Stars are fine. Okay. They, they kept, they, I'm not going to take anything away from them. That's a team we should have beat. Absolutely. Hands down, no excuses, should have beat them. Yep. Uh, the other two teams you can say were the Cosmos and Detroit were the upper crust of MPSL. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, no no shame in, in those results. You know, we got to elevate our level to, to match this, this new competition that we're in, and uh, I want to see it Saturday night, you yep. know. Uh, and, and I still believe, man, if we can just get that one goal, that we might see just a cascade of goals. And I, I'd love to see it raining something other than giant – Raindrops that we saw yeah. the other night. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I don't. Raining worry. goals would be nice. Yeah, raining goals would be nice. So yeah, so I guess that's that's really it for for that for the future match. We talked about it. We talked about kind of tied the bow on the last match. The only other thing that's coming up, uh, you know, we were supposed to have, have gotten an announcement at halftime of the Stars match about the supporter owner board member. And that was delayed due to, well, I mean, due to the sky just absolutely opening up and those two hours plus of delays. So, you know, I... I, And then we got told it was going to be today. Yeah, we thought it might be today. Uh, I heard that there there was a staff member in an accident, in a car accident. So I hope that they're okay. Uh, Sheldon told me that they were just a little banged up and... And certainly, I want to make sure that you know. I want, I want that person to know that we're thinking about them, and so hopefully everything is all right. And the only damage was to property because we can replace that. We can't place. We can't replace people. So, so that put a little damp a damper on I think today's announcement. And so I believe um, what I've heard is that uh, the next maybe tomorrow afternoon the club will will put that out, and then we will try to get that person on and talk with them uh, later on this week and have kind of a special episode eight B like we did with the, with the first time we did our, our match preview with, uh, with the first team podcast. We'll do a special kind of extra episode this week. Todd, anything else that. Nah, man, I'm hungry. I won't dinner. You're hungry. So I, you know, you don't want to talk, you don't want to complain about VAR. I got nothing. Bar does not affect my life. You don't want to complain. You you don't want to talk about the 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 ridiculousness of some people of stating that LAFC versus LA Galaxy was the best matchup in the world of soccer this weekend. Look, I, I don't even have to talk about that. The fallacy of the argument just it it, it speaks for itself. And so then and our and then our wrong. friend in lower and our friend in lower division soccer, Cardick, said that the Atlanta. Orlando game was the most important match in world football this weekend. Cardic, Cardic, Cardic. Um, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here and mm, say there is not mm. a set of circumstances that would make any MLS match either the most important or the best. Mm. Look, I'll, I'll argue that uh, that I, on any given day in Dalton, Georgia, there's a bigger. <laughs> 
uh, more intense match going on than uh, MLS on any given Saturday, well, including yeah. LAFC versus LA Galaxy. And I don't know who this – I'm not going to put the person on blast. I'm not going to look them up. But, again, somebody else on Twitter today was like, did you see the game, the world-class talent that was on the field? And I'm like, dude, there is more talent when Norwich and Village play, and Villa play. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's well, there's probably it more is. talent with Sheffield here's, United here, and Yeovil Town play yeah. in in some cup competition. Yeah. MLS is is heavy ended um, uh, offensive talent versus uh, local Sunday beer league defensive talent, <laughs> and it's on full display every weekend. So. I will say I will give one thing that the 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 I did watch the LA the LA what El Plastico or El Trafico or whatever they call it. Um, and uh, it was fun, but it wasn't necessarily um, good. <laughs> so, I mean, it was fun to watch Zlatan score and, and mean mug again in front of the LAFC fans. But, yeah. but, but then at the end, I just felt – I'll be honest with you. Anytime I watch a game like that, it's basically to see what Zlatan does and any antics that may ensue. And that's pretty much it. I just felt dirty and disappointed. <laughs> That's an interesting take. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I think I think on that. Yeah, let's, let's, let's think, put a bow on this thing. I and think take on it that else. note, we'll probably end. So again, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for for uh, if this is your first time. Thanks if it's your fifteenth time. Thank you. Uh, we love everybody who. It's your fifteenth time. How are you still alive? <laughs> we love every, we love each and every one of uh, we we love both of our listeners. So. Um, again, you could find this, the podcast at four, two, three soccer pod on Twitter. You could find the, you could find the episodes anywhere you find really, really good podcasts. Uh, ours are there as well. Uh, I am, my name is Jim and, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chattagooner. And this is Todd. You can find me at great footballer and don't forget. We're also for the 40 and over crowd. We're also on Facebook. That's right. Or the Facebooks is my as some of the older folks call it. So uh, that'll do it for this week. We will probably see you at some point this week, uh, the, uh, later on this week, hopefully talking with the new supporter owner board member. And uh, until then, go CFC. Go Blues. Oh, Mr. Oliveira, with a cheeky goal.